up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. After a whirlwind week of rugby, I am back. My name is Gable and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, how has the last sort of week, week and a half been with three Bath games uh, uh, to enjoy? Oh, so uh, yeah, it's, it's been a roller coaster as ever, G. Mm. Um, still reeling a little bit from from Monday. Uh, what a what a game! Um, definitely exciting one for the for the neutral, not to be uh, for us. And we were so confident, weren't we, um, going in? You'd you'd predicted the the five points. Um, yeah, so much to get into. So many aspects of that game to 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 discuss. Um, yeah, mm. only yeah, just so- recovered, Jim. So on, on this podcast, we are going to uh, break down that, um, as you say, roller coaster ride uh, of a defeat for Bath against Wasps at the Wreck on Bank Holiday Monday. Um, please do go back in our feeds uh, if you want to listen to any of the other podcasts we've done over the past week. We've been doing previews, reviews. I've seen way too much of Tom. Um, but hit subscribe and every podcast we do over this crazy post-COVID world. Well, during COVID period um, will be delivered straight to your device and go back and download the old ones. If you want to check out some, uh, yeah, overly optimistic um, predictions for this game, Tom, I think I was saying that we're going to get home semi-final. Um, yeah, that, that <laughs> we may have been getting ever so slightly ahead of ourselves um, with that one, but yeah, extremely confident going into the game, Tom. Um, and, and let's get straight into it. So we're going to break that game down and then we're going to look ahead um, to the game at the Twickenham Stoop uh, against Harlequins this upcoming Saturday. Um, so all that to come in the podcast. Uh, let's get into it, Tom. I think I was going to say, I think I'm glad that almost there's not a, another midweek game. I'm not sure my, my blood pressure could, uh, could, could deal with it, G. No, um, I, yeah, I, we're, already, we're, we're, already, we're already into Wednesday. Monday to Saturday is a, a, quicker, a quick enough turnaround. Um, yeah, they really are. They really are coming thick and fast. Mm, yeah, they really, they really are. And yeah, a, a few days off is probably a good thing to kind of reflect uh, on exactly where we think Bath Rugby are, Tom. Before we get into the game, um, I think we should just mention Sarah Cox, uh, who was the first female referee to appear on the field uh, as one of the uh, assistant referees, lines woman. I think would be, I don't know if that's the right phrase. Um, so yeah, she's, uh, was, the first, was the first um, uh, female to referee a Premiership Rugby Cup game. So fantastic from her. Uh, mm. and, and yeah, uh, alongside Wayne Barnes was, was uh, part of that team which, uh, uh, which refereed the game on Monday and, and refereed a fantastic start for Bath. Uh, kind of... <laughs> Really, I thought this was how the game was going to pan out. And in the first sort of 10 minutes, um, Bath flew out the blocks and, and Wasps, by contrast, were, were really poor in that first 10 minutes, Tom. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of very un-Bath-like, wasn't it, G? Mm. You know, Wasps um, you know, looking, to, looking to play from, from all parts of the field, as they, as they tend to do. Uh, quick throw in, a, a, drop, a drop ball from, from Fekatoa. Um, and Rory McConaughey pouncing on that great 
poachers try, um, really punishing Wasps for, for that particular mistake. Um, McConaughey going five tries from, from seven and, and really showing that uh, his game awareness and, and kind of all-round game has come on and continues to come on leaps and bounds. A couple of uh, you know soft penalties from Wasps uh, and Reese Priest and Julie converting two two of two penalty kicks, thirteen um, 0 up G after after ten minutes, um, and it was just it was just a breath of fresh air uh, because we've lamented so many times over the years that we've been doing this podcast that we've been given opportunities and we've been unable to convert that pressure into points. Um, we did that uh, exceptionally well in that that first ten minutes. Got you know way ahead there. Um, Wasp started to lose players to to injury, um, and you just felt that you know it's going to be another uh, another good day, another easy win at the office, Jay. Yeah, I really did think that that was going to be the case. I think you know whilst that first try you know appeared to be opportunistic, and and it certainly was from McConaughey. We'd spoken in our preview podcast, Tom, which we did um, when when the teams were announced, and we spoke about how Wasps like to play and score a lot from first phase rugby uh, and how we were going to have to try and counter that with our harrowing defence of, of our outside backs like Jonathan Joseph and Roy McConaughey and that's exactly what played out in that first try and yeah there was a lot of luck involved but it was kind of I, I thought that was a pattern the game was going to go as well the the two penalties which Priest and Slotted were both at the breakdown and that was a key area which we highlighted and Bath looked in those early um, in those early moments to be getting on top of that uh, however, Tom, uh, that that soon changed, and I think once that changed, uh, uh, the whole complexion of the game just began to swing back in Wasps' favour. Uh, I think Jack Willis, who, who was fantastic on on the day, uh, really impressive performance from, from the young guy. He had his first turnover on eleven minutes inside the Bath uh, half, inside the Bath twenty-two. Bath failing to exit, something which we we did poorly all game, which was a real surprise given the the halfbacks of Ben Spencer and Reese Priestman that were on the field, uh, and 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 Sopawanga was on hand to make it um, thirteen three on eleven minutes. Um, but kind of also what was going on at this point, Tom was was whilst was starting to lose a lot of players to injury already, and and this was really the the, the kind of key. Uh, aspect of the match really so Thomas Young was injured in the in the phases leading up to the McConaughey try after about 90 seconds so he was off and then Sopawang were off soon after uh, injuries in the front row as well do you think Wasps were, were rallied by by these injuries in a way yeah I think I think there was an element of that particularly as the you know as the game drew on and you know they realized that it would be um, you know a really impressive win to pull out of the, the fire when they had had those uh, four injuries G in the in the first half so yeah you mentioned um, uh, Thomas Young who took a shoulder to the head uh, Lima Sopawanga also Tommy Taylor um, who's uh, went off an ankle injury after kind of suffering um, a lot during his, uh, his his promising career so far um, and yeah we had the we had the sub hooker come on didn't we Gabriel O'Gray I, I think his name is he was on Gray who was actually yeah he was yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did I did kind of recognise the, the the name when he came on um, and yeah then yeah gee, I think probably the the, the really um, oh prior to that actually sorry so the Wasps yeah. 
as you say, started to win the, the, the battle of that, that breakdown. One thing that I mentioned in the, in the preview podcast, G, um, that I think was a, a theme and I think is, a, is a, a big takeaway for Bath is that we just need to be a bit more effective in getting big guys um, supporting the ball carrier and clearing those guys out the way. Often when we're, we're attacking, it's very much one up, one up, just with players uh, trying to win the, win the collision, trying to get over the gain line. But it only takes a second wasp man, Jack Willis um, or, or whoever, to, to come in over the ball. Um, and the referees are all too keen to, to kind of give those penalties. I don't think we, we supported our, our ball carriers well enough. And I think um, we need to kind of be more accurate at that, at that clear out. Mm. That said, that's a, um, a, a, a two-way thing, though, Tom. There, the, the ball carrier's got to be uh, more more efficient in in the carrier and staying on their feet for longer if they haven't got the support with them. And once they're on the ground, I know they're being a lot stricter. There's more you can do, I think, at times than, than just place it, and, and you can roll or, or get yourself kind of horizontal to the pitch. So, yeah, I do think that there is an element of that at times, but that that's 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 also at times the ball carrier's fault, I would say. It's very difficult though because you you know I, I agree with what you're saying, but the, you know one of the one of the things you learn when you're when you're a you know um, young boy or girl uh, you know learning rugby is that you should try and operate in pods where you can. And Bath kind of have this um, this play that they go to a lot, which is where um, a big guy will get the ball and just as he's about to make contact, he'll tip it on to another forward who will then get on get on a shoulder and kind of make a few yards. But if you do make those few yards, you obviously do become further away from. Um, from the defender and that was what was happening a lot we were kind of um, breaching into half breaking a tackle um, getting away from uh, the support players a little bit um, and, and we were we were paying the price for that G mm. um, but that said yeah so um, was it a penalty that Wasps got from the um, the scrum um, which was kind of a, a surprise and one of those penalties I think that was was kind of 50-50 uh, the, the scrum uh, both sets of front rows um, kind of coming up and, and Barnes kind of giving the decision to, to Wasps. Um, not really sure sure why, didn't, didn't give a reason uh, for that particular penalty. We then defended the, the, the mall, I thought, really effectively, um, kind of stopped it at source. They weren't able to, to go forward from that line out. And then as you often see in structured play, G, the ball kind of went to the ground. Everyone was kind of slightly perplexed and confused as to where it was and what was going. And Dan Robson was kind of the first and the quickest to react, um, throwing throwing that dummy and, and putting Umaga under the stick. So a really frustrating one for us to concede because we the defensive set was good. Um, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd stopped the main threat, which is the mall, um, and kind of bit of loose ball and, um, I guess, unawareness um, uh, led to that led to that try, and suddenly it's only a three point deficit. G, um, and and you know it's kind of parity again. Yeah, I think on that occasion actually we've spoken before about how uh, sort of harrying defence and and, and pressurising the, the the ball and the ball carrier has has really been effective in creating turnovers. For example. Um, before the Roy McConaughey try against Northampton Saints, where we kind of smothered them, the ball popped out, and McConaughey was the first on hand. But on this occasion, it just fell Dan Robson's way, and it was fantastic from him. But once he'd kind of broken that um, that real strong Bath press, I think Priestland and Matavesi both absolutely flew out of the line, trying to, as they say, smother the ball, and um, realizing that this was an opportunity to to maybe make a turnover. 
and once Robson had kind of got around Priestland, then 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 the, then he was in, and yeah, it was great play from the two halfbacks and some real good awareness from Umanga to be on hand to score. But yeah, I think on that occasion it was just maybe a bit over eager, overplayed the defensive hand, and, and Robson kind of snuck through it through in a way. Disappointing as well because. Yeah, I think that the, the conceding a penalty at the scrum was 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 kind of worrying. Um, unfortunately, as, as we will discuss, Tom didn't really have uh, as big an impact, or we didn't kind of get to see how that was going to play out long term uh, for reasons which I know we are we are going to come on to. Well, let's let, let's come on let's come on to yeah. it now because 30, 34 minutes, um, the the the, the was substitute hooker um, whose name I again can't pronounce Gabriel Agoru. I think it is. I don't think that's right either. But anyway, the the wasps, um, the wasps uh, sub hooker um, injured his neck, um, so his neck as opposed to his head, and went off for obviously the the HIA. Um, at that point, G and I'm, I'm sure everyone kind of listening saw saw this play out, and it was it was kind of quite entertaining. Um, the the wasps coaching staff. Um, told Wayne Barnes that uh, Tom West, who'd been playing loose head prop, could uh, move across to hooker. Simon McIntyre would come on the loose head side for Wasps and um, kind of uh, resume as as normal. Uh, Tom West then told Wayne Barnes that he hadn't played hooker in three years um, and understandably, therefore, that he didn't really feel comfortable in his second premiership appearance uh, packing down against uh, what's been a pretty dominant scrum so far this season for Bath. So completely fair enough from from Tom West. Um, then this is kind of where we get to the gets a bit of bit of controversy, G, because um, usually, obviously, when you go to uncontested scrums, you forfeit a player, um, generally from the from the back line or the back row, because you have to um, you have to continue playing with with eight people in the uncontested scrum. Um, but there's kind of a, a caveat in the in, in the laws of the game, which was picked up by by the commentators on on BT and Wayne Barnes, which is that if it's an HIA, um, you you actually can keep 15 players on the field. However, having having done a bit of digging, and and and, and this has kind of been a point for discussion on on social media. My understanding of this, and I think the consensus uh, that I've seen on this, is that that 15 to 15 only applies for a maximum of 12 minutes. So the periods during which the HIA takes place and then the result of that becomes becomes known. After that 12-minute period, as normal, um, uh, it should go down to, to what should have gone down to, to, to 14. So we would have had that um, we would have had that kind of one-man advantage, um, and gee, that would make complete sense, you know. Otherwise, teams would um, would kind of foresee that, and any injury um, to to a, a second prop or a second hooker in that instance, they would they would uh, they would call an HIA. Like I said, it was a, it was a neck injury for for the um, uh, the, the, the hooker. Um, so I'm not entirely sure um, why that particular um, rule wasn't enforced, um, and I think you know. Pretty significant moment in the match, Sergi. 
Yeah, I mean, huge, huge if true. And, and I kind of tried to do some digging as well. It is really, um, I guess, confusing is the right word, the, the, the way it's all written. Yeah. And I think it's quite difficult to get your head around it. And you can, you can definitely interpret it in, in, in certain ways. But I think that's the key, isn't it? That the fact that it wasn't a HIA, it was a neck injury, means that it should have gone down to, to, to 14 men. Well, just, even if it was an HIA? And it was an HIA because it was it was an assessment on a, on a head injury. It turned out to be a neck injury. But even if it's an HIA, after that HIA period, it should be 15 on 14. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm very happy if, if anyone listening to the podcast is, is kind of more well-versed than we are in the rules of rugby, has done some refereeing, please get in touch with us because we, we're really keen to, keen to clarify this. But like you say, if true, it, it seems quite uh, incredible to me that this isn't being more widely reported. I've not seen this... Um, reported anywhere really in in the reviews of the game Um, it doesn't help when the referee on the day is on the payroll of the production team does it yeah and and it's 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 a really difficult one it's one that I've moaned about on this podcast Um, Mm. the BT coverage kind of um, is becoming quite quite stale Um, in my view I think you knew that Jack Willis was going to get man of the match um, by after about his first turnover there, anything that Wayne Barnes did, um, and I think he made some suspect calls at the breakdown G, particularly in the second half, um, were, were, was praised completely um, because he's probably going to appear on kind of rugby tonight the following week. So yeah, it, it, it's quite stale, and and um, and and I find it I find it very frustrating. Um, but you know, you're right in saying you know, that was a that. Sorry, Tom, but you're right in saying it's not appeared in, in any of the press and, and it, it should have been reported uh, in one of the newspapers or somewhere because this is a really big um, decision and it needs to be clarified because it, it will happen again and, and this sort of, it can't be confusing for fans, it can't be confusing for referees and it can't be confusing for players. Um, and yeah, I just wish it would be um, Premiership Rugby would come out and, and either explain why this didn't ha- why they weren't or or admit that they they were wrong yeah. they should have been and that's fine and, and and there are plenty of other reasons why we didn't win this game and yeah it would have been right. helpful having against 40 men of course but that that was not the the sole reason and, and the game was in our hands and, and we should have won it and we can't use that necessarily as an excuse but it needs to be to be made clear and I just wonder whether the the wasps coaching staff knew this because otherwise why are they trying to get Tim West, a guy they probably know hasn't Tom, played hooker Tom for a long time, Tom West, to, to play hooker, they must have been aware of what was going on. And I bet when they realised that they weren't going to answer 40 men, they were not going to say a word. No, and there was an interesting, there was, there, was, there was kind of further confusion if you listen really carefully, because Barnes actually said to the, to the Wasps, uh, to Joe Launchby, the Wasps captain, oh, you need to lose a player. And then he made the point back to Wayne Barnes, oh no, because our front row has already gone off. So I think there was also an element of kind of miscounting that kind of further muddied the waters mm-hmm. of actually um, actually what, what what should have happened. But, um, you know, you, you're absolutely right. And I, I don't like to um, moan about individual refereeing decisions because there are always um, a kind of more important factors at play. Um, and I, I actually think that um, uh, the, the more important factor in all of this was not that it was 15 on 15 rather than 14 on 15. It was the simple fact that we went down to uncontested scrums. 
mm. because there's a number of reasons for this G. It, you know, we, we actually wasps actually had the slight advantage at the scrum, and and it, I, I would say it was kind of parity. We obviously had a very strong front row coming off the bench, um, less so for for wasps. So I think it was an area where it would have played into our hands. Um, going forward, you know, it's been such a powerful weapon for us so far this season, particularly in the last few games. But I think more so, it, it, it impacts the way that the the game is played, mm. and it hugely changes the pace at which the which the game is is played. And it is an interesting fact for you, G, that, that I saw today on 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 Twitter. Lee Blackett, mm. the Wasps director of rugby, said that their post game um, analysis suggested mm. that the uncontested scrums had resulted in 30% more running for the players. Now, when you're, when you're a big pack that is trying to essentially get your opposition into an arm wrestle, beat them physically up front, 30% more distance in the legs is absolutely huge. So it, it completely changes, changes the dynamic of the, the game, G, and it hugely uh, shifted the, the, the game into Wasp's hands, um, because that's kind of the, the sort of game that, that, that they like to play. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I actually had screenshotted that exact same stat. I, th- I think it's a lot has been made about Bath's big pack. Um, and I think there's, there, there is some truth in that. There, there are some big boys in there. And, and they were able to, to kind of run us around. And I think in particular their try in the second half was just a prime example of that, where they were tapping and going, taking it all, everything quickly because they had a lot of more, um, they had more in the legs and they were just able to, to, to run us off the ground. And that, that was really pivotal. And, you know, whatever had happened in the scrum I probably would predict that we would have ended up getting on top of that scrum particularly in the second half uh, we saw against Northampton Saints just how potent a weapon that can be and I think that that would have massively played it into our hands but it didn't um, and it's on 32 minutes and there are other ways in which we could have been able to exploit what was going on out there and we just didn't do it. So so you've got two hookers off the field. So yeah. who's taking a line out? The first one was lined up by um, Dan Robson, uh, of all people. Uh, and this is kind of from the the, the next passage of play, Tom. Uh, he takes it. Um, it goes astray. I think he tries to go to the front. It's kind of bobbled around. Um, and that, 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 that ball's inside our 22 at that point. We then get a penalty. Spencer takes it quickly. Um, Underhill crashes over for a try which Wayne Barnes um, doesn't see, so therefore has to go to say, oh, on field, no try, and they can't get an angle. I mean, there's no way if you've played rugby, you can tell me he didn't score that because he definitely, definitely Mm. scored that. Um, But he definitely scored that. Uh, There's no way he didn't score that. But yeah, fine, you can't give it because you don't have a clear grounding. But we should have been able to take advantage of the fact they didn't have enough to throw the ball into the pitch. So yeah, they, on some occasions they'd be able to take it quickly, but we should have been kicking a lot more into their half, into their 22. And just being able to get turnovers from that would be such a huge advantage. And we just didn't do that enough. And, and it's the adaptability that we didn't show, that Wasps did show, which was a huge factor in, in, in the, the outcome of this game. Yeah, and there's, and there's two ways it can go when, when you know, something happens like that, which completely shifts... Um, all the tactics that, that you need to implement. When, um, you know, uh, one of the set pieces um, is becomes uncontested and the other swings hugely into our favour because they haven't got anyone to throw the ball into the line out, you've got to be adaptable enough mm. to adjust your tactics. Um, and, 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 you know, that was a hugely disappointing 
uh, a, a series or, or, or part of the game for me. When under after Underhill um, got held up, obviously we we had the scrum um, again. Butchered another opportunity to to score that try. Wasps then cleared downfield, um, managed to managed to regain the ball, and then we uh, uh, Toby Falata went over the top um, trying to try and jackal the ball. Not a particularly good effort. Um, in in terms of trying to get the ball, he was never really on the ball. Kind of fell over the ruck, um, and Wayne Barnes gave a penalty to to Wasps just before half time, which Jake Rumaga um, duly turned into into three points. So that is um, a ten point swing right there between potential try for Bath, and we had you know number of opportunities to to get over the line there, not just the Sam Underhill um, hold up that, that 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 you mentioned. Ten point swing, but also in in Wasps' mind. You know that gives them immense confidence. If they go down to uncontested scrums, have to change their tactics completely. Robson throwing in the line out, and then two minutes later we score. That is a massive mountain for them to climb, um, in both in terms of confidence and in terms of the scoreboard. As it is, they actually go up the other the other end of the field, go level into half time, can regroup. Um, that was an absolutely huge turning point in the game for me. It must have given them so much confidence, and as you say, really got them up for the fight. Um, in in the face of you know in the face of that adversity, mm. yeah, disappointing. But the halftime should have been an opportunity for for Bath to to kind of realise what Wasps were going to try and do and and try and counter that. And, and on the other hand, what we saw pan out in the second half, really, um, you know, credit to Wasps for the way they 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 adapted and the way they played. But hugely disappointed disappointing looking at it from from a Bath perspective, Tom, because yeah, it, it was poor and there were some experienced guys on the field there. Um, you know, Priestland, Watson, Joseph, Falatau, Yules, these guys should should be aware of what's going on and be able to take full advantage of it. And yeah, it was hugely disappointing what 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 panned out in the second half. And let's get into to talking about it, Tom. So an early penalty. Let's let's let's, let's brush over this, shall we? So an early penalty in in the first half made it sixteen to thirteen. Um, second half to, to to Bath, and then um, kind of really the. Um, you know the 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 key moment in the match when uh, they scored their try uh, in the second half, up in the tempo hugely. So taking both a quick tap penalty and a quick line out, running our forwards around like I spoke about, um, going the length of the field uh, up Bath Pack, looking ragged and making it twenty points to sixteen. Um, yeah, and that, that that just showed the the way Wasp wanted to play and showed just how. Um, you know how how it was going to be advantageous playing against this Bath pack playing in that way. Um, we did then get some reward, Tom, on 66 minutes with our next try, um, a, a maul uh, from about the 22 meter line. Uh, great play from Sam Underhill, I think, in particular at the front of the the, the line out, kind of uh, pulling everyone together when it's split off, one, yeah. and, and Jack Walker dotting down. Um, importantly, however. Uh, Jack Walker got the ball down um, and wasn't well even though he was pulled down by Jack Willis he was pulled down over the line so the try was awarded uh, and no penalty try and yellow card which we we're going to come on to with, with Wasp's next try uh, that made it 23-20 luckily Priestland got the conversion giving us the three point buffer um, Wasps go down the other end then Tom uh, after a, a dubious penalty uh, given against Lewis Boyce Oh yeah, and let's just let, let let's just let's just mention that. Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll let you go on, but that that was a massive call from 
from, from Wayne Barnes there. So um, for those who didn't see it, Lewis Boyce, um, who'd just come on, um, keen to get involved, went over the ball. Ben Bellicott, um, who'd come on at, at scrum half. In my in my view, I mean, I know that the nines, G, and, and I know you're particularly fond of this rule, um, kind of uh, are a little bit untouchable um, when they're playing in that in that kind of scrum half distributor role from the ruck. But for me, Ben Bellicott goes to goes to join the ruck there. And Lewis Boyce is in is is kind of within his rights to try and counter ruck that that ruck, clear out Velico out the way. Um, and if that had been any other player but a scrum half, Wayne Barnes doesn't have a second look at that. Um, so I'm I'm not really sure when, when the ruck is not formed why Bellacott gets um gets gets special special treatment there. Um yeah, as he ducked know. his head to, to look like he's about to go for the ball. It looks like he's about to join the ruck. So yeah, it was a it's a bizarre decision. It's a dire. It's a yeah, that was that was that was an absolute dire call. And there was another one with at the breakdown with with Jack Willis. Just um, I can't remember if it was before or after where Wayne Barnes, um, you know, who's who's kind of famed for his, his communication with the players, says leave it now, leave it now. Jack Willis um, then basically just picks up the ball um, that he was he was contesting for, takes it to ground, and Barnes gives the the scrum to to Wasp. And it was just calls like that where. It just leaves you baffled as a rugby fan because you're told that uh, they're going to be more strict to the breakdown, that it's going to be clearer, it's going to be more consistent, it's going to be less subjective. And then you just see uh, calls like that made, which aren't explained by the referee uh, during mm. during the game um, and must just leave fans, you know, particularly fans that are new to the game, um, completely, um, completely baffled. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Run over, bizarre, but um, I think it's important to say you know there was a twenty-two, uh, a line out on the twenty-two. We're still leading at this point, um, and yeah, and you've got to deal with this. Uh, and get a man we, up, get a man up. We, yeah, I know, I know. What is going on? <laughs> Just don't under, yeah, so there. I don't know who's throwing in at this point. Whether it's Robson Mac, or McIntyre. Mac, Mac yeah, he was throwing in. But yeah, it's a line out on the 22. And I can understand at times when you don't want to put a man up because, you know, it gives them an advantage when it comes to the, the, the kind of start of the more which ensues. But they've got someone that doesn't throw in, throwing in. Charlie Hills, get a, get someone up and try and compete for that ball. It was just, I mean, that is, that is you know, fine decision from the referee can you can quabble about but that's a decision by your skipper that you should be quabbling about and it, that was quabble or poor from bar huh quabble that's a new word you invented purely um to describe when you're annoyed with a decision against a refereeing decision against fast rugby i like that i think you mean squabble or quibble but it's a it's a good hybrid <laughs> exactly it's a hybrid um so yeah and then they kind of break away in very similar fashion to what we did for the Underhill try. But on this occasion, Underhill sacks it uh, before the line, meaning it's a penalty try. And because the referee can identify who the the offender was, it's a yellow card, double jeopardy, um, playing massively yeah. against Bath. But um, unfortunately, them the rules, uh, strange rules, but them the rules. Um, and, and Bath go down to, to 14 men, uh, and the, uh, the, the tries awarded obviously no conversion. 23-20 with five minutes left. Um, yeah, Wasps obviously in the ascendancy, and that is how the game finished. Uh, Bath kind of coughing the ball up a couple of times, uh, went inside the Wasps 22, uh, making errors. Um, so uh, the ball was kicked out, and 23-27, Bath lost. Um, hugely disappointing, Tom. 
Yeah, you know, it, it, it was because you, you just felt that, you know, um, these the strange kind of um, quirks of the law that we saw play out during during that game and potentially some um, some misfortune with with certain key decisions. Um, you just feel like that none of that should have mattered. You yeah. just feel like that should have been a bit of a footnote to to this podcast and we should be talking about how we carried on from the first 10 minutes and ruthlessly put the game to bed when we were given the opportunity to do so. Um, and, and, you know, it was, it was really strange because I think we started so confidently. Um, we looked like we'd really, um, you know, we'd, we'd really found some, some kind of form in terms of getting those, um, making teams pay for their mistakes and, and scoring tries um, and, and putting games to bed. But um, unfortunately, it, it kind of is reminiscent of, of previous seasons where we've had so much, uh, so much ball and so much opportunity down in the opposition 22. And ultimately we just can't, um, we can't break that final tackle. We can't put that final, final pass together. Um, and, and we can't, we can't convert into points. And I think there were, you know, there was, there, there, there were a few kind of disappointing, um, elements for me. I thought when we, we got the ball out wide, we looked, we looked a little bit disjointed. Hammer Webb, um, I think looked had quite a nervous game. He was often in front of Anthony Watson when on the outside break and um, and kind of struggled. Um, I think a little bit in that game. De Glanville came on and I think as usual um, it was since he's kind of coming to coming to the fray, fielded balls really well. But a, a couple of occasions kind of took the outside break and then kind of flung it back in as he realised he was he was going out to touch and and we coughed up the ball there. So it was just kind of little moments of of, of indecision and inexperience. Um, that I think if we'd managed to put it together slightly better, um, uh, you know, we, we, we could have, we could have got a couple of scores and, and that was all I think that would have been needed to kind of kill the, the remainder of the, the wasp spirit and, uh, and kind of uh, put that game out of, out of reach. Yeah. I think putting the, the kind of all the decisions to, to one side, Tom, uh, and I think firstly, I, I want to say great credit to wasps. Um, yeah, for sure. you'd be, You'd be buzzing if you were a wasp, um, would, yeah. because um, they 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 showed great uh, character in that game, and I think Lee Blackett was incredibly proud of them at the end of the game. So, firstly, let's just say that. But there were some um, key reasons, I think, why why we lost the game. Firstly, you know, we just didn't adapt. We didn't exploit the weakness of the lineout enough. We didn't react yeah. to the situation, and they reacted in a much better way. Uh, and and that's why they won the game. I think and 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 by doing that, they kind of ran us off the park. And but I think also we lost the the the, the back row battle. In, in truth, Jack Willis was fantastic. Um, and 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 Bath back row was was pretty average actually. And and I think we need to talk about Talupe Tom because he've got a Lions number eight, a, a hugely experienced number eight, and, and the guy. He's anonymous, unfortunately, at the moment. Yeah, he he just did not look at the races at all, did he? He he, he doesn't. Um, I, I don't know what it is because even when he's playing, it is his very best. He seems to kind of uh, you know move around the pitch with an economy of effort um, and and make everything look so easy. But he just doesn't quite look to be um, fully there in terms of intensity. I don't know whether it's, it's, it's fitness, either, you know, a, um, a legacy injury or just pure kind of, uh, fit match fitness. Um, 
or, or what it is, but it, it's strange. He, he he didn't really carry at all, which is you know the 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 hallmark of of his game. Um, he fell over a couple of breakdowns, conceded a few penalties. Um, you know, didn't look particularly effective in that area. Um, really strange because you know that's the sort of game where you want him to him to step up. I think for Wasps, Joe Launchbury, uh, credit where credit's due. I think he stepped up and was involved in some some big moments um, re- that really kind of rallied his troops, particularly thinking about the the the, the tackle on on De Glanville uh, from fullback, which I'm you know I think he's probably probably still feeling. But yeah, I think Falas was disappointing, G, and I also think. And, and this actually goes to a, a tweet that we got in from 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 Stand Up Bath, um, just around the balance of the back row. And I think, you know, the game against Wasps was the first time where I've really felt the absence of, of Francois Lowe the most. Because in a back row of, of Mercer, Underhill and Falatau, you don't have um, a genuine jackler, a top-class jackler like, like Jack Willis. You don't have someone to offer a constant threat of a turnover at the breakdown. Um, and yeah, I think, I think, I think we are, I think we are missing that in our, in, in, in balance of our back row. And I think individually, um, I think Falatau is not quite at the races. Um, and I also think probably that, that at the moment, Zach Mercer um, isn't finding his best form in the number six shirt. Um, so I think if, if I was Stuart Hooper looking forward to, to Harlequins, I would, um, I think I'd look to give, Mercer uh, a, a go in that number eight shirt, you know, give Falatao a bit of a talking to and say, look, you're our, you're our, our, you know, one of our top players. You're a Lions number eight. Let's see it for him on the field, um, and then we'd have an actual out and out six, Mike Williams or or Tom Ellis um, come into that that mm. blindside shirt. G. Yeah, I think actually when Miles Reed uh, came on, yes. I don't know if it was this game was it this game or there's been so many games or was it Northampton? Yeah, he came on. Yeah, this game, and he looks like uh, much more of a threat at the breakdown. Yeah, and I think Falatau playing is, is taking stuff away from Mercer, and I really don't think that balance, um, unfortunately, is working because, you know, I, it looks great, but it's not working, and they need to change it, and they need to try something new. And with these kind of games coming thick and fast, they can afford to kind of split them up a little bit more, I think, uh, and get a better balance in that back row because it didn't work on, on Monday. Um, and we can't really afford many more games where it, it, didn't, it doesn't work. Um, the last bit on this game then, Tom, and, and I'll pose a question to you. Um, you know, despite us getting very excited about in the previous three games, uh, stand-up Bath again got in touch with us saying, did the game tell us what we probably already knew? A solid set piece like all contenders, but when they have to vary their attacking game, they come up short against decent opposition. Is there much running rugby in the locker or maybe that's not their style? <laughs> well, I think whoever runs the, the stand-up Bath accounts more um, more down in the dumps um, than I was, I think. Um, no, I... I don't think I agree with that. I think you can't tell me that we've got nothing in the in the locker. Was it the the expression that was used when you've got the the class that we've got um, in our backline? Um, Anthony Watson, Roy McConaughey, Jonathan Joseph, um, Joe Thokonasiga to come back. Um, uh, you know the, the young guys that we've got as well. Cam Redpath, who I think actually was 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 missed in this game with his distribution. Tom De Glanville, etc. etc. You know, we've got quite staggering talent. I don't think we have yet clicked. You know, there are some new combinations, I think, that are still bedding in. Um, uh, but I think the talent's there. The thing I think that is missing 
and, and we've spoken about this, is just the game management from across the board, really. So I think we're not quite making the right decisions um, when to play, when to kick, when to you know try and pin a team back and, and make them throw throw in lineup ball. Um, and I think you know that was uh, you know that that was shown up against Wasps. So, but you know ultimately, I don't think it should take away from what's been um, you know a good start to the to the season. You know, we were only four points behind Wasps in that game. We could have we could have clinched it. We probably wouldn't have been happy with the performance. Um, but yeah, I don't think we're far off, and I think we're 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 kind of much closer um, to, to being where we want to be. Uh, than we have been for a very long time. Let's not forget, we're still we're still fifth in the table with a really credible chance of of making top four. So um, no, I'm 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 not that down in the dumps. Um, but I think this week's a good opportunity for 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 those you know those players to have a kind of long hard look at the game tape, look at the areas that that didn't work, look at the poor decisions that were made, um, and and try and rectify that. Mm. Yeah, I, I do feel. What like- do you think? I do feel like this might have been a little bit of a reality check. Like London Irish and Leicester are, are, are crap teams, and then Northampton Saints look completely out of sorts. And getting the wins against those, um, I, I do feel like we've kind of been shown a little bit where we are with this team. Um, we're not, we're not as good as maybe I thought we were, um, and and I think it's really disappointing because that was a game that was there for the taking, and yet we still showed similar traits to what we've been showing for the last two years so yeah I was um I was extremely extremely you know you know last week we spoke about some of the things you can look at um where you kind of try and take the opposition out of it so what was it against Northampton Saints we made kind of like one handling error or something was it um in in that particular game put put our play together quite nicely against Wasps we made 11 handling errors to to their three handling errors we only made 80 percent of our of our first up tackles, which for Bath is, uh, you, you barely ever see numbers as, as low as 80% tackle completion. So I don't know. I think it's, it's easy to try and kind of look back to, to past failings. I think we, I think we've, we've, we've moved on from there. Um, I think, you know, we, we made a number of collective and, um, uh, an individual. Go on. How's that a positive that we've made 11 handling errors and had 80% tackle success rate? No, I don't think it is, but I think that is an anomaly in the games, uh, uh, in the four games that we played, we played so far. So I think, you know, we, it was a bit of a leveler potentially. Wasps were certainly the the best opposition um, that, that we played. I think the way the game turned out in terms of the uncontested scrums, et cetera, shifted it to a game that they wanted to play and that perhaps we weren't necessarily ready for. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily use it as a, as a yardstick for... For, for what to expect um, you know it's very difficult I think every Bath rugby fan is in a different place in terms of what has actually been revealed so far about this this side was it a, a really good start but actually um, you know we were playing against some pretty poor opposition and then, and then Wasps have, have kind of shown that up as we say or was Wasps kind of more of a blip and we're actually going to continue um, kind of a, 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 on, our, on our winning streak and continue our, you know getting these getting these good results Um I don't know if Queens is going to give us the answers, to be honest, because they've been incredibly volatile in terms of their performances, as they always are, um, and then Worcester the following week. So, um, and then only two games left in the season, one against Saracens who are already relegated. So we could easily get to the end of the season, sneak into the top four, 
um, and go into the semi, go, yeah, go into the semi final, <laughs> and then we will find out where this this Bath team are. Um, because I think also the nature of the season being as it is, truncated, and, and all these games coming thick and fast, I think it, it's very difficult to give a proper assessment of of a team based on normal circumstances. Well, let's move on to uh, this weekend's game, Tom, at the Twickenham Stoop uh, on Saturday against Harlequins, as you say, game coming thick and fast. I think the most important thing to start with here, Tom, is that there are going to be two and a half thousand Quins season ticket holders at the game, obviously trialling to get certain numbers of fans into stadiums, uh, it kind of in, in the COVID situation that we're living in. Um, no Bath fans. Uh, do you think that gives them an advantage here? Uh, they can't know. not give would, them an advantage. Well, yeah, yeah, fine. It's not a disadvantage, is it? Um, no. What is it? Do you say two and a half thousand? I think it's two and a half thousand, yeah. Yeah, and the capacity of the stoop is, the, the capacity of the stoop is 14,800. So, um, and, and, you know, these, these, these fans are going to be presumably spaced out as well. Um, so I think, you know, in, in terms of atmosphere, um, it'll probably have a marginal impact. I think probably where the, the kind of advantage might come and where the kind of the, the stakes increase is that probably more eyes than, than would be usual will have their eyes, uh, will be looking at, um, at this particular game, obviously to kind of evaluate how, um, how it's looking with fans starting to become coming back. Also, um, I believe it is being shown on on Channel Five, mm-hmm. um, so it's on it's on it's on free to air rather than BT, which obviously attract uh, attract more more viewers. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess the stakes are the stakes are slightly higher, and, and maybe this is this is as much of a home advantage as as any team has 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 got so far. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't expect the uh, I, d- I don't expect it to be it to be huge, to be honest, Jay. That does make it a, just a big occasion for them. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's right. That's worries right. me. Um, yeah. Especially so, given their result against Northampton, giving them another glimmer into kind of the top six. So I think this is us looking at it pretty pessimistically, given it is only two and a half thousand. But yeah, it, it can't not be an advantage, as I say. So um We've got that to contend with, and as you say, yeah. up and down Quins to contend with. Well, and I guess the, the nature of Quins as well, G. And I, I always find them such a hard team to try and um, try try and look at because they will sometimes be be pretty unplayable. Um, you know, they, they they have got some some dangerous operators. You know, particularly looking the the back line: Marcus Smith, Marchant, um, Earl Ashton, Danny Kerr, guys that on their day. Um, can turn it on but probably can't back it up um, as consistently as their probably league standings have, have, have shown over um, mm. o- over previous seasons and you know they're the kind of players that they'll see it on TV um, they'll see you know there are there are more people watching than, than normal and they'll, they'll they'll probably go and turn it up um, mm. and, and we'll we'll suffer <laughs> we'll, we'll be the ones who suffer as a result yeah hopefully not um, Monday to Saturday kind of just looking at our Games coming up, Tom. So we've got Quinns on Saturday, as you say, away. Then we've got Worcester on Wednesday at home. And then we go to Sale the following Sunday away. Um, now, the way I'm kind of looking at this, and it clearly depends on how individuals have pulled up. So if there are nibbling injuries, like, like you know, that there are going to be some, then those guys get rested. But if players can back up Monday to Saturday, 
then shouldn't we target Quinns on Saturday, then rest against Worcester on Wednesday, probably the easiest game of our running, and then target Sale again the following weekend. And then we've got another full week off before we play Gloucester and then another week off before we face play Saracens. So if we're going to rest. Why don't we rest in that Worcester game and target these next two weekends as, as must wins, given they're A, the teams that are around us and B, probably the stronger of the teams and they're away. Yeah, I think I think that's the way I'd do it. And and then the other benefit of that is that you you essentially you essentially do play kind of a, a, a Saturday to, to 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 Saturday, kind of a weekend to weekend mm-hmm. schedule. Um, obviously, then you're going Monday to Saturday to Sunday to Sunday, rather than having that that midweek and kind of putting everyone putting everyone out of out of kilter. So yeah, I think that's the way I approach it. Obviously, the the bigger risk then is that Worcester see that coming and then see it as a as a, as a must win game for them. Um, but you've got mm. to imagine it's going to be tough for them, um, tough for them at the wreck. Um, mm. I think that, that makes or, sense, doesn't it? Yeah, albeit you know, the individual you know, places where they need more rest. But that's kind of if we're going to try and go strong and then weak teams, then I think that would make sense to me. Obviously, I don't know what a Monday to Saturday turnaround looks like for these players, but um, yeah, so I'm I'm anticipating another strong Bath team. Mm. And, and, and Quinns have got to have a strong team out. That's the other thing about this two and a half thousand fans. Yeah. Is they're not going to run the, the, the kids out, are they? So um, I think there'll be two strong teams again, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think so, yeah. the uh, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll see probably a broadly unchanged um, Quinn side that, that got on pretty well against, against Northampton. Um, so, yeah, I think... <laughs> I, I, I think Hooper will will see that and 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 kind of try and try and match them. Um, and, yeah. and unfortunately, recording now, not knowing the teams, a lot of the analysis and a lot of the predictions will come from the team. But um, yeah, I do feel confident. Strangely enough, despite kind of feeling really downbeat about that Wasps performance, I do still feel confident because I do just think we're a better team than Quinns and, and, and I think we will turn it around so um, hoping we get the victory predicting a victory uh, and of course the all important four tries to get those five points um, I think it will be quite an open game the way Quinns want to play and they probably would have seen the way that Wasp beat us and they'll be looking to, mm. to run the tempo with Care and with Smith so um, that will be something we have to worry about but I think it, that also will lead to a higher scoring game so hopefully Bath can, can kind of come out on top of that uh, and and um, and yeah, and get the, the, the five point victory. Um, the one name we're all looking out for, uh, and I kind of been reminded of this because of that incredible finish he had against Harlequins in the fixture last season, I think it would have been, is Big Joe Thokinasiga. Um, we're told that he's close. So I imagine he'll probably be in the 23 before he's in the 15. But um, yeah, can't wait to see that name on the team sheet. He's obviously, he'll be the first one that I'll be looking for. Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been kind of teased, um, teasing for, for for weeks and weeks. Um, yeah, you, you think after the months and months he's had after rehab um, that he that he that he must be close, and it'd be um, it'd be great to see him 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 back. It feels like such a long time since we've we've seen him um, in a bath, doesn't it? And I think just you know j- just looking at the teams, um, gee. So if we look at the you know the last team that played uh, for Queens against Northampton. I think again, you know, the 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 battle's probably going to be won one up front, and um, you know, we we on paper at least have definitely an advantage in that in that front five. I think Quinns uh, are very dependent 
on Alex Dombrant um, and James Chisholm, um, carrying for them and doing the bulk of of, of the work there, um, particularly having lost sort of Carl Sinclair to, to Bristol. So um, again, I think line out, driving more and scrum are going to be, um, as I think they will be going forwards for this this bar side, kind of a, a cornerstone of, of what we're looking at. And then the other element, I think, is that we'll, we'll have to kick intelligently. Um, Mike Brown has a very, very experienced uh, fullback, um, uh, you know, probably his best attribute, kind of positional play um, and, and, and fielding in the backfield. So um, we won't be able to kick, kick loose ball to them. Um, and I think it, it'll probably be kind of a, a keep it up the jumper um, kind of day, to be honest. Spencer v. Kerr as well. I think uh, mm. if they are the two scrum halves, will be a nice bat. Has, has Eddie Jones been to every Bath game so far? Is he there on against Wasps? Is he? I think he was, wasn't he? Well, yeah, I can't remember seeing him, but um, yeah, I think he has been. Well, yeah, lots a lot to watch. Hopefully, he's not keeping too close now on Spencer as we spoke about last week. Mm. Right. Anyway, that probably just about does it. Um, please do hit subscribe, as I said. Follow us across uh, social media at Bath Rugby Plug, where you get all the latest tweets from us in between podcasts. Tom, thank you for joining me. Um, been a crazy uh, kind of week or so, jam packed with rugby, and um, yeah. uh, the show rolls on, mate. Yeah, and I think you know we should we should make the point you know I found this quite quite cathartic actually to to get a lot of stuff off my chest from from that bank holiday Monday but I think we should um you know we should we should reiterate that you know all is not lost for our season um Stuart Hooper the phrase he used was was not terminal um which um <laughs> you know is a strange choice of words but uh, I, I think sums it up nicely you know sitting in fifth place only two points behind Wasps in fourth three points behind Bristol and five points behind Sale in second um, so you know it's uh, a couple of games um, go away and 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 you know we 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 win the majority of, of the last games of the season and we we are in the top four and you know when you look at wasps I think the other thing um, uh, the the other thing to look at from, from from that particular fixture was that they did get four injuries to four of their frontline players that you know didn't that looked relatively serious in some cases um, and. You know, I think that is going to take a toll on their squad when games come so thick and fast. Um, and they've also got a pretty difficult run-in, um, as we spoke about last week. So I think them as our, our closest competitor for, for the top four, we should still back ourselves to, to finish above them um, and to, to, to get in the top four. And if you told me that at the start of the season, G, um, I would have taken that. So remaining optimistic, disappointing weekend, but um, I think on, onwards and upwards against Quinns. Mm-hmm. Well, just to exemplify that point, the very last thing is they've just signed uh, a Jersey hooker um, because obviously they're struggling so much in that area. So, um, yeah, all is definitely not lost and a positive end to end on. Um, join us again on uh, Tuesday next week after the Quinns game or uh, maybe Monday. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Hit subscribe, as I say, during this period because they're coming out with slightly irregular times. Um, but most importantly, stick behind the boys through thick and thin.